Hello everyone, you are listening to Reality by Rhea and my guest today is a professional trumpet player and a professional musician. So without wasting time, let's welcome Riley Helgesan. So hello sir, how are you? Hi Rhea, I'm doing great, thank you. It is a pleasure to be talking to you today. Well, the pleasure is ours. So today we'll be talking about how we can convert our passion into a career and how can we find fun in this life? So my very first question would be, what inspired you to become a music artist? Good question. So when, I, I mean, I started studying music when I was five years old and that was the choice of my parents. You know, um, very rarely does a five-year-old know what they want to do. So my parents signed me up for piano lessons and I can remember vividly my first piano lesson. I can almost remember everything that we did. I can remember every song we played. It was just this first experience where, wait a minute, I just touched that and it makes this sound. This is going to be great. So uh, from early on, I just loved making music. And as I grew older, uh, I started playing trumpet. And when you play trumpet compared to piano, a lot of my early piano was making music by myself in a room, right? Practicing. Um, I don't know if you play an instrument. Do you play an instrument? No, I don't. Okay. So piano, you know, you're sitting in a room by yourself practicing. Then you go to your piano lesson. Uh, when it comes to trumpet, you're playing music with other humans basically immediately. So then I found out, okay, this can be a community activity as well. That's even better for me. That made it so much more fun. So then you keep getting older and you're playing with all of your classmates in the school band. And eventually I hit an age where I was playing with musicians outside of my school, musicians from other schools uh, within the area. And like, oh my gosh, okay, so this is even better than you graduate. And I went to college for music and then you're playing with high level, serious musicians. And then you start playing with, you know, you got to start somewhere. So you start taking some professional work and then you're playing with people who have been doing this for 30 years and they have all this advice. They want to tell you everything. So every step of the way from then on, you just continue getting gigs, working, performing, every step of the way has been like a little stepping stone higher up a ladder. That's kind of constantly gratifying something that I knew that I loved since I was five years old, you know? And uh, when was the first time you performed in front of stage and what was that experience? Well, my first, first time I was probably five or six and, you know, a little tiny boy, wearing a suit, sitting at the piano with his feet dangling, you know, played something very simple. At that age, you're not nervous, you know, <laughs> you kind of just go do what you're told to do. So I walked up to the piano, you know, play and then go. But then, you know, like first professional performance, for example, I think I was 19 when I started playing professionally. And that was at a, a big swing dance like it's for swing dancing i was playing in a jazz band and that was boy everyone's dancing it's like a huge party um 
it's really low stress when everyone is having a good time. Like there's very little room to get nervous when everyone is just, you know, look around you. Everyone's just filled with joy. So those are kind of two firsts, I think. And what is the biggest challenge as well as the biggest perk you experienced as a musician? For me personally, and I think this is true for anyone who has a career in which they're self-employed, uh, has been discipline, being a disciplined person. So I love music. I love to perform music. Uh, you can't perform full time or like in a higher higher level if you're not disciplined into being better at your instrument. So from a young age, I've, it's, I'm a little on the impulsive side. I like to do things that are fun, that make me feel very, uh, you know, it, it just there's a very specific feeling inside when I do certain things and then going into a room alone and practicing my instrument. That's hard. That's very hard, but it's so necessary. If you don't do that, you won't. If you don't put in that work outside of the really fun, like, yes, this is why I do this uh, then you can't continue to grow, I think. And uh, besides trumpet and piano, what other instruments do you know how to play? I play saxophone. I am an Instagram saxophone influencer. No, I taught myself how to play saxophone in the past year, you know, because we've all sat at home. And while I was teaching myself saxophone, I'm, it's just so much fun. I've also had to learn how to use technology. You know, I'd never used Zoom before this past year. For example, now I have, you know, a green screen and I have HD cameras and microphone setups so that I can teach and talk to people. Um, so through all that, I also learned saxophone and now I can make I, I like to make videos of myself playing saxophone. That's my saxophone influencer. Uh, it's like it's, we call it a side hustle. That's great. So uh, where do you see the music industry to be in the next decade? In the next decade, that's really interesting. Well, let's look at the past decade. I mean, everything is gone or, or more past decade or more. Everything is gone from, you know, selling a full album, right? You, you, I'm sure we can both think of artists where we love an entire album. We could listen to an album beginning to end. I think now that's significantly less common. People will release singles and they won't release music so much for physical sales so much as they will release them for uh, streaming, right? Streaming services, uh, music, right? At your fingertips. So I think 10 years from now, either that's just going to continue to be absolutely dominating or, you know, artists aren't paid very well by streaming. It's not a very good way to make money uh, or, you know, something's got to give. And I, what I'd like to see in the next 10 years is uh, a continued strengthening and just uh, lifting up of uh, smaller music communities. So for example, I live in Minneapolis, St. Paul, the twin cities, and we have a, we have a good uh, community of musicians that work together. I think in the next 10 years, if that continues to get stronger, 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 uh, it, it's just going to help everyone sort of fulfill their musical aspirations. It's going to strengthen 
uh, crowds for people to go see live music. It's going to empower people to go record an album. You know, it's the concept of at the more local and community level, if we can all kind of lift each other up. I think there's no choice, but for everything to continue growing and being more enriching and better for everyone. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. And uh, if not music, what profession would you have chosen? That's tough. I remember I was 18 and visiting universities. So I was either going to go for math, mathematics or music. And I remember touring a university with the head of the math department. And I'm so sorry, but it was the most boring tour I'd ever been on. It was so, so, so boring and so tough. And I, you know, I was young, so I was a little bit foolish. And I immediately thought like, oh no, 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 no. I can't do something like this. And then on the flip side, I met some professors in the music schools. Every professor that I met in the music schools, there was like energy in their voice. They were excited about what they do. They were excited to meet me. I think they were excited to have anyone that was passionate in their program. Whereas even if I was passionate about math, you go talk to a mathematician and you say, listen, my life is math. Let's do this. There, there, there's a missing element there. I didn't get the same energy wasn't reciprocated back to me, you know? So math, it would have been math otherwise. Music and maths, that's quite a combination. Yeah, I think they go together quite well. Yeah. So uh, people often talk about uh, that you have to find your passion. You have to do what you love. So how can we discover our passion? I think naturally it's something that is easy to feel inside of yourself. It's kind of a feeling I'm doing this and then or you see something or you do something, you experience something and you can internally feel it. I guarantee you can internally feel it. I think then the hard part is uh, taking it to the surface in a lot of situations. You know, uh, let's say I would go into my room at night and just draw, draw, draw for hours every night. Just I love drawing. I did beautiful, wonderful drawings, but I have an expectation from my family to do uh, business, something like that. You know, it can be really hard to have those pressures in your life and just openly admit, no, this is what I want to do. Uh, So I truly believe, I'll just say that again, you can tell what your passions are. Anyone can tell what their passions are, but there are all these feelings of, oh, my passion is foolish. Oh, there could never be a career with that passion. Um, So then the hard part is, how do I take this passion out of me? And to what degree do I want this passion to be in my life? go back to drawing that example, you go to school for business. That's perfectly fine. It's worth exploring how involved drawing is in your life. Hopefully you still can find time to draw or you keep that passion in your life to a certain capacity. I've also met musicians and artists who don't want to do it full time for a career because aspects of it can take the joy from them. So they will work in a career that is fulfilling. And then when they also play music uh, or do any kind of art they're just 
they, you know, their, their heart is whole, they're overjoyed and they haven't lost any of the joy with some of the, the logistical work of, you know, having to do something for a career. And uh, people often fear that if uh, they'll chase dreams, then they might uh, face a failure and they won't be successful. So how can we let go of this fear and chase our dreams? Well, I, I think if it's a true passion, I think if it is a true passion for a lot of people, it also comes with a lot of fear, right? I just think for all the reasons I mentioned earlier as well, and then the reason you just brought up fear of failure, that's super natural, super normal. I would say explore your passion in every avenue in the safest way for you personally at, at the beginning. So for me, that was taking private instruction, starting to teach, um, going to see live performances where I'm still involving myself in music or in what I'm passionate about, but I am not literally putting a spotlight on myself right away. I'm becoming a part of a community where we all share the same passion before I'm just showing up and saying, Hey, I'm like you, we should be all doing the same thing. That's a little bit too big of a leap, you know? So sitting down and really thinking about what you love and the different avenues of what you love that exist, trying each avenue. And even if it's just the tiniest little step, right? Like, even if it's like, we'll think of music. What if you're really nervous about performing because wow, someone will say you sound bad. The easiest, I mean, even if it's a baby step, such as play your instrument in your bedroom with the door closed while your parents are home. So they can hear you barely, right? Then eventually maybe uh, take a little 15 second video of you playing your instrument and send it to your mom. You know, it can, it can be the smallest steps. And when you take those steps, no matter how small, I think you can feel it's, it's like almost a physical sensation of uh, weight being lifted off of you. Like you're starting to express yourself in a way that's comfortable to you and a way that you want to. So exploring different aspects and being comfortable with growth being as slow as you could ever imagine. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, the more time we'll invest in something, uh, the more um, outcome we'll receive. Yes, I would also say on the other side of that, when you reach a certain level in something, then improvement is so slow, so tr like ridiculously slow. Like if you reach a proficient or professional level, you can even think of that in language. Once you have like 6,000 words of vocabulary in a different language, it will take a long time for you to improve. Where when you first learn a language, you can learn, you know, 500 words in a month if you're really studying, you know? So things will continually grow for you, but you will always reach a point where that growth will feel really, really slow. And that's okay too. Yeah, thanks. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So my last question would be, who is your favorite mu musician and why? Okay, this is a really hard question. Thinking about that question, the one person that comes to mind is a, a jazz trumpet player. And his name is Art Farmer. 
I love Art Farmer. I love the way he composes music. I love the way he interacts with others. I love the people he has chosen to be on his albums. Uh, and what I love especially about him is if you listen to parts of his discography from the beginning to the end of his life, you can hear constant evolution and growth in what he's doing, whether it's who he hires to be on bands, whether it's what the project sounds like, what the album sounds like, you hear this constant change, which I think is really admirable. However, you can always tell that it's Art Farmer with the exact same voice on the trumpet or flugelhorn in, in the middle of it all. So while everything around him is changing, and he's growing and he's changing his approach to things. He still has an exceptionally strong personal identity in everything that he's doing. You can always hear it. And I just, you know, I can't get enough. I love listening to it. Great. So now that we have covered up all the questions, uh, we'll go for a rapid fire round in which I would be giving you a word and you have to speak about it for a minute. A word. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll see. Let's do it. So um, your first word is friends. Friends. Oh, perfect. Uh, friends, since I was very young, I've, I, I love making friends with people. So friends, especially when you're self-employed, especially when you're in the arts, it's so important to have friends because when you all share a passion, I guess what friends really are is the community around you. Right. Uh, because at the end of the day, you can all look at each other and say, yes, we all love the same thing. We can all talk about the same thing, probably to a point where everyone else would be annoyed, you know. So uh, I, I would consider that to be a special kind of friendship. My friends who are musicians, I mean, yeah, we could talk forever. We just share that passion, a fundamental passion. Great. Your second word is criticism. Criticism is a great thing for anyone. I mean, I'm also a teacher, so I have to give criticism as well. Uh, criticism is something that if you're very sensitive or if you're vulnerable, like afraid to be vulnerable, or if you were really vulnerable and then you get criticism, then you can almost be offended immediately, right? So criticism is something that you should really be open to accepting, but save yourself the sort of the mental uh, ability. Just take it with a grain of salt. Take everything easily. Uh, if someone says something to you, never assume it's because they're trying to insult you. Think about, okay, what did that mean? And do I agree with that? Would I change this? You can still do whatever you want. It can still be up to your own opinion at the end of the day. That's right. So your last word is self-love. Self-love. This is great. Uh, a lot of musicians need to religiously practice self-love, especially because, you know, we don't always, the instrument's not always working. We always have to be prepared, practicing, growing, getting better. So you can get easily trapped in an idea of, uh, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I need to be better. Oh, I needed to go do more work. And you'll end up, you know, alone in a room for hours and hours and hours a day without listening to your own feelings, just 
putting on blinders. I, a lot of Americans do that for re, regardless of career. Everything is really career driven, um, work driven. Rarely are people fully just self love driven, like listening to their body, what they need. And I think if you can figure out how to do that, and I haven't figured out how to do it, you know, it's a, it's a constant balance. Uh, if you can figure out how to do it or how to work on it, I think then what you're passionate about or your career, it's just going to be more authentic and real. You know, there, you can't go wrong with that. That's just, everyone is going to be happier in that situation. 